This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morris, and this week we are recapping the soccer and volleyball seasons. Plus, we talk with Maynard and senior captain Kyle Flaherty, who scored two touchdowns Saturday at Bowdoin. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The volleyball team fell 3 to nothing to Wesleyan in the NESCAC tournament quarterfinals on Friday. Junior captain Julia Panapento turned in another strong performance, dishing out 30 assists and recording 12 digs. She is our female Bobcat of the Week, and she joined the Bobcast along with head coach Melissa Duran to look back on the volleyball team's season. Julia, we'll start with you. We had this joint interview before the season to preview the year. What were some of your thoughts on what the team kind of looked like at that point, and then now how the season has kind of played out? Did it meet your expectations, exceed? How did that kind of go? Well, I mean, we started off the season, we had a bunch of injuries, and as people got healthier, we definitely got better throughout the season, and I think I'm I'm really trying to put the season in perspective at this point, kind of three days removed. I'm really thinking about how much progress we made. And I, I'm never satisfied with where the team is, and I think that's what's always going to make me better. But I think we really did come a long way since August, but there's still a long way to go. And I think we have a really strong group of juniors, sophomores, and first years that are going to keep growing and make sure that the progress keeps continuing. I mean, we have, in my career increased our win total every year and so having that progress in our backseat and knowing that we have we just have to keep moving forward and I think the team is prepared for that. And Melissa how about your thoughts on how the season kind of played out and what you're going to be thinking about this off season and what you're emphasize next fall? Sure I think I would have had a very different answer three days ago I think three days ago after the last ball dropped and, and we were in the huddle it just it was crushing you we are a very close-knit group I I mean I joke with them all the time that the best part of my day is from four to seven. Like, I just, I can't wait to be around them and, and work in the gym and do things. And so it was really hard when the ball in it, and it felt very disappoint, disappointing and deflating. Um, but now, like Julia said, three days removed gives you a little bit of a different perspective. And being able to look back, in retrospect, we had a good season. We increased our win total. We um, played strong teams. We had a couple victories over regionally ranked opponents. We made the tournament again. Like, a lot of positive things came out of the weekend. And, you know, I think as more time passes from the end, we'll we'll feel better about it. But we all agree that we could do more and we're capable of doing more. And, and I'm hoping kind of that deflating feeling that we helped on, that we had on Friday will help propel us even even further going forward. Then Julia, being one of the captains as a junior, what do you say to like those seniors after the you know final match ends there? I mean, I think you just have to let them know how much you love them, and that when we move forward, we're going to always think of them and know that we're playing with uh, their memory and all they've put into the program. And obviously, that class and previous classes have really like made us the program that we are, and have really fostered that family that we had this year. And so, we just expressed our gratitude to them and. I mean, right after the huddle, Lauren Lauren talked about how next year is going to be our year. And so having having the seniors be able to, to reassure us that this is not the end for you all and like make the most of your careers that you have left was a really great thing to hear from people that, that just their college volleyball careers just ended. So with the season wrapped up, the recruiting trail obviously very important. What's the steps there for you? 
Um, well, it, the steps there are just kind of evaluating how our season went and seeing, you know, what we need. We're, we're into the early decision process. So 2019 is wrapping up pretty quickly. It's actually getting ahead of 2020 because I don't, I can't imagine this conversation 365 days from now because that's Julia's class. And that's going to be a very mm. difficult um, class from not just a volleyball standpoint, but from a character standpoint to replace. So we're going to get into our 2020s as quickly as we can here pretty soon. Tuesday's Election Day, and you are in a campaign rhetoric class where you're actually you're running for office, right? Tell us how that's been going and how that process kind of works, and uh, I guess tomorrow's the voting for your class as well as the country as well, right? Yeah, um, so throughout the, these past two months, I've really been joking that all I do is volleyball in my presidential campaign rhetoric class. I've kind of ignored my other three classes. <laughs> Not really, but I feel like right. a majority of what I do is for volleyball in this class. And so volleyball ending, I've now totally devoted myself to this. And I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I might hate losing more than I love winning. And so having Friday and like it did, I have never been more motivated to figure out a way to win tomorrow. And I, you know, the class is a lot different from the actual midterms in that Today in, in class, we're going to negotiate what we want the actual questions on the ballot to be, and I think that'll really inf uh, influence what happens tomorrow. But we've run a good campaign, and so I'm feeling pretty positive, and, you know, out to the Bobcasters, uh, vote Panapinto Carlson. <laughs> vote Panapinto. <laughs> what do you think the biggest thing you've learned from that class is? Because it's very involved, obviously. Yeah, I mean, number one has just been the ability to, like, to learn. I, I don't agree with a lot of the things that I've been promoting as my candidate, but to just learn how, like, the rhetorical strategies that presidents have to use and the American dream rhetoric has been really important. So just knowing what the American people want to hear from politicians as opposed to, like, what you may believe has been a cool practice to do because it's, it's taught me a lot about what politicians say to make people happy as opposed to what they're actually doing. Melissa, it must be great to coach, you know, student athletes like Julia who have all these other, <laughs> have all the other things. I mean, what's that like, you know, your fourth year at Bates having these student athletes come through who do so much more than, you know, just volleyball? Oh, it's the best part. It is definitely the best part. I am humbled every day by how just emotionally intelligent they are, how um, involved in the campus community they are, um, how mature they are. I... I tell them constantly, I love that my young daughter is growing up in this environment and that they're they're her role models. Um, but yeah, that's that's the wins and losses, especially the wins, are really important. But this this really is my favorite part is getting to hear about these really amazing things that they're doing. Great, and then looking forward for you know next year for the volleyball program. In your opinion, Julia, uh, what's it going to take to be in the top half of that NESCAC? Because you've been you know right there in the NESCAC tournament, seventh or eighth seed. But what's going to take you to be you know top four type deal? I think it has to take a renewed focus of us in the off season, and that realizing that everything we're doing in the weight room, everything we're doing in captains' practices, has to be goal oriented, and that we can no longer be satisfied with just getting into the tournament. And there has to be a goal beyond 7th or 8th. And there has to be, we want to be in the top half of the NESCAC. We want to host the NESCAC tournament. And I think as we realize that we just have to, we need to have bigger goals for ourselves. And I think, I think we're getting there. And I think 2020 or 2019 is going to be that year because, I mean, we're going to get in the weight room. We're going to work hard. And I think sometimes it's going to be tough. But having that feeling on Friday night and being able to remind ourselves of it all year long is what's going to make a difference. Melissa, I take it you would concur with that? Absolutely. I, I think that we all realize that as a volleyball program, we want to be the standard bearer for Bates. We want to be the standard bearer for the athletic department, you know, and 
the off season is is going to be where where that happens. Um, but yeah, I think having an unexpected kind of setback that we had on Friday is really going to be the the light that lights the flame again. All right, Melissa Duran, Julia Panapinto, thanks so much. Thank you. Looking back at the Bates soccer seasons, the men's soccer team posted its second straight winning season but fell short of the NASCAC tournament this year. Head coach Tyler Shake reflects on his first year leading the Bobcats. Yeah, the uh, the NASCAC is certainly no joke. Uh, that's something we, we understood coming in. I think Colby's Cinderella run uh, coming out of the eighth seed that we were vying for um, in the last game, they, they won the tournament championship. Um, so it's it's no joke, top to bottom. Um, there's no easy games, but we knew that. Uh, this this team that I inherited, a great group of guys, knew that. Uh, we didn't get it, get it done this year, but our attention's focus um, is now already on next season. Yeah, you touched on that Colby run there. I mean, it just shows how balanced this conference is and maybe how tricky a sport soccer is, per se, right? You know, I think our schools will uh, always attract the best athletes uh, per our academics. And as a result, um, you know, our sport will lend itself to that depth of athleticism Anyone can be anyone on any given day, especially if you add in penalty kicks, um, of which there were some some really nervy moments this past weekend. So all credit to, to those teams that got there, um, certainly to Colby as well. But as far as we're concerned, I mean, three out of the four semifinalists this, this past weekend, we beat Williams, who was in the championship game. Um, we outshot Colby. We outshot uh, Hamilton. You know, we're, we're there. We're right there, but um, we need to go get over the hump, and, and that's what our focus will be. Well, tell me a little bit about the seniors and what they meant, even though you only got to work with them for one year. I told them I'll always remember them. Uh, never mind a year, two months. Yeah, um, right. You know, they committed, I think, before I even got here to to giving whoever would be in my, my position a chance, and that's what gave this season a chance. Um, so they're terrific young men. I think they they got very bright futures. Ahead of them, one or two missed training sessions for, for interviews down in Boston and, and that sort of thing. So very bright futures. I know they came to Bates for, for a primary reason, and that was to get this top 20, top 15 um, degree in the country. Uh, but in, in addition, I know they pushed us in a, in a position as a program where the next step up is to be a top 15 program uh, for men's soccer. So all credit to them. I, I'm going to remember this group for the rest of my life. It's the off season now for you. What's your main focus right now as we sit here today? Recruiting, reinforcements. I mean, we need to now replace those seven. I don't know if you can ever replace their character, but we're trying to recruit character as much as we can. I want battlers. Um, there's a certain uh, sort of uh, ethos that we have for the Bates men's soccer player, and that starts with defending. Um, again, if the Cinderella, Cinderella run from this weekend it doesn't show anything, it starts with defense. So there's a certain grittiness and blue-collar work ethic that I need in our and our players, and we have them here, so we're looking for those that want to join our ranks. And there's a lot of buzz around New England per certainly the beginning of the season that we, we had and uh, just how in every game it wasn't even just battling for Pyrrhic victories. It was it was right there. It's a bounce of a ball. And um, I think we're going to be uh, talent-laden for years to come. Yeah, especially that, that back line you touched on. You had a number of shutouts this year. Obviously, Robbie played great in goal. Sam was an anchor back there. Drew was a captain. So there's a lot to replace, I guess, on defense, isn't there? Yeah, our defense started brightly. Um, a couple of mishaps later in the season, but that's that's soccer. More teams put pressure on. Every coach is worried about effectiveness. This coaching fraternity is is top shelf. So 
Um, yeah, there's Hubs, Alex, uh, Drew Parsons, Drew Munoz, Robbie, Ben Lyons, Morgan yeah. Dudney. It's it's just a group that I'm gonna gonna always remember. Really classy guys, really good soccer players, uh, and their future is incredibly bright. You got some pretty good returnees though next year, right? I mean, Pater's season has to be really encouraging. Eric obviously had some great moments as well. Yeah, Eric was the one who who, despite his stature, was able to, to slay some some bigger opponents, but. Peter comes in. He's our he's our Norwegian assassin, and, and we return Freddie, who, who started a number of games in the middle of the park. Uh, Peters was a freshman, uh, James Peter. Uh, we like to call him Peters, but a young man who started every game at left-sided center back as a freshman, yeah. uh, which is pretty daunting in this league. So um, the future is incredibly bright, and uh, like I said, we're we're excited about the reinforcements we have on the hook, and are excited to be Bobcats. Does anything change about the recruiting process for you here versus where you worked at previously? Yeah, for, this is a perfect segue into a quick shout-out to, to the Knox team that I left behind, mm-hmm. and, and Coach Brian O'Connor just led them to their first-ever uh, Midwest Conference Tournament Championship, so they'll be participating in their first NCAA tournament, so kudos to those those guys. You know, we were certainly internationally rich there, um, but we did recruit nationwide, and I think that's hopefully one of the reasons why I'm, I'm sitting here and we're looking all corners. Um, certainly coming in late, we'll, we'll, we'll work with our bread and butter. My assistant, Josh Thor- Thornton, has done a heck of a job with his 2019 class. I already have a few commits verbally for, for 2020. Um, you know, nothing changes other than going out there and getting the best people, but they have to be the right fit academically for Bates. And that's, that's certainly tough to find, but um, not undoable. So. Great. Well, any lessons that you learned this year that you're going to apply next year, maybe about uh, this program, this team, and and the competition in the NESCAC in general? Yeah, I think there's an immediacy uh, to this to this conference. Week two, uh, we'll be on the road, I believe, again. Um, our, our first opponent will be Hamilton, a semifinal team. So there's no reps that can be wasted. I think you can get away with, um, you know, maybe putting in a um, sort of dialing in a, a session here or there in different conferences that just can't be it certainly can't be with what our standards are and this this team will certainly have my fingerprints on it more but more than anything it's their experience so it's just some more lighting a fire under their butts um, and making them understand that no reps can be wasted because it could be the rep that that sends you through to a tournament championship game so that's our goal and that's where we'll be headed in the future the women's soccer team went five and ten on the season. Head coach Kelsey Ross tells us what the team needs to do to have more success in NESCAC action next year. Y'all went undefeated in non-conference play. You beat some NCAA tournament teams. NESCAC, um, a little bit different story. So tell us a little bit about the dynamic there between non-conference and the NESCAC matches because you, you scheduled really tough opponents. We did, and and that was incredibly purposeful. You know, we wanted to be able to go out and compete against the best at a conference because that speaks volumes at the end of the year when you look at at-large bids, which the NESCAC is notorious for getting. Uh, and so this year, you know, we did some really great work there. And unfortunately, as we have gotten better, so have other teams in our conference. Uh, the last two weeks of the season, to put it in perspective, eight of our 11 teams were ranked in the top 12 in New England. Mm-hmm. So... That's pretty much your whole conference. So we're playing against literally the best teams in the region every single weekend. Uh, and hopefully what we realize is, you know, we can not only hang with them, but we can beat those the best of the best. And it comes down to belief, which, you know, hopefully a lot of people got a taste of this year, despite what the numbers looked like. Well, and you had that win over Leslie, a team that wins their conference multiple years in a row now. And then um, you also, you know, 
that same weekend, right, you took on Middlebury and hung with them, right? So tell us a little bit about that, how the team was able to, you know, keep a positive attitude throughout the year. That right there is something that we hope the team runs within the offseason because to come out in late October during fall break and play a super talented non-conference opponent in Leslie and win speaks volumes to the energy and heart that this group had. Then to go on the road and play Middlebury, who, you know, undefeated, uh, playing them on their homecoming weekend to go up a goal early and and to play I and mean, we didn't just hang on like we played with them uh that was a really really impressive it was just example of what this team is capable of uh and the toughest part like i said is to do that for 90 minutes every single game so we have some younger players who they've seen it now uh and it sounds like they're prepared to really get back to work and bring it in 2019 <laughs> Who are some players who maybe, I don't know if you do team awards or anything, who really deserved, you know, some kudos for their performances? There are endless. So we, we call them spotlights. So throughout the season, we'll spotlight people yeah. in a practice after a game, et cetera, et cetera. And from, you know, between the pipes, you know, Cat Knuckles coming in and replacing Sarah McCarthy, who had been our rock star there for a number of years. Cat did a really great job of, of learning that role. Uh, Nikki Lane came in and played a lot of good minutes, you know, kind of in with her towards the end of the season. Uh, then you look at Sarah Gutch through the back line. I, I mean, Aaron, the list goes on and on. We had some younger players who stepped up, who were were learning their roles early on, and then as they learned a new formation for them, as they learned the competitiveness, physicality of the conference, they definitely stepped up. So we're we're pretty excited uh, and bummed we have to wait ten months to do it all over again, but. We know we'll use those 10 months. I was at the last match there against Colby. I mean, that was just a heartbreaker. What do you say to your team after a match like that that ends like the way it did? That game ultimately was the definition of what the season <laughs> was. Aaron. You know, we, yeah. we should have had that game a million times over uh, to lose it on a PK call. What I would deem to be a controversial PK call, although we'll never point a finger at anyone other than ourselves. Yeah. It, that hurt. And yet, I think we had dealt with similar emotions throughout the course of the season that we didn't have to say much. We were able to look at each other and almost laugh and go like, okay, guys, like we've learned a lot. And in terms of what we value and who we are and how we come out every day, regardless of the scoreboard, and, and that one really drove the point home. Do you do individual meetings after the year like other teams do? We do. Okay. Yep. What's your focus on those? Uh, we're in those right now. Yeah. And, and this year we've taken a different focus than in past years. This is really about the student athletes reflecting on themselves. Uh, and thinking about you know what what was my best self throughout the season? How do I bring that every day? How do I bring that in the off season? And then as coaches, we're able mainly to get on board with that and say yes, or to add bits and pieces there and give suggestions about how we think that best self can come forward. So it's it's been a pretty cool shift uh, in focus in terms of not what do you need to do for me, but what can I do for you? Uh, and that that's fun to be around. And from a coaching perspective, after the meetings, you're going to be obviously, I'm sure, hitting the recruiting trail, going to different events. Um, what, what's kind of your focus on building the next generation of Bobcats? Sort of? The recruiting never ends. Yeah. I mean, we were we were not even done yet with our season, and you know, you're constantly in yeah. it. And that's important for our current kids to know. I mean, they've all gone through it, so to know, hey, you know, while you're getting better, we're trying to bring in even better players to support our mission. And our mission is to be in the top half of the NESCAC every year. Uh, to do that. Whether you win the whole kit and caboodle or not, you're probably still playing this weekend. Uh, and that's where we want to be. And we're, you know, a bounce here or there away from that. And creating that reality for our team was the focus this year. We're good, even though the numbers don't show it. 
do you ever point to the you know somewhat recent past where Bates has won the NESCAC in women's soccer before? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the fall in the NESCAC is tricky. You know, we're back six days, you're playing games, so you're trying to throw so much at them in terms of team culture, in terms of values, expectations, formation, set pieces, yada, yada, yada. So it's a lot to handle. And so being able to have fun with that is something we've talked about. Those championship teams, they have fun. They have fun. And so that was a major focus this year. In terms of how you run practices as a head coach, has that changed at all throughout your time here? Do you keep it pretty consistent? I'd say there are certain aspects of our training that remain the same. You know, there are pillars that you have to hit. The way we teach those pillars has definitely changed. Um, I've heard someone once say that, coaching and trying to get the messages to your to your students is sort of like water you know like the cavemen got water in a certain way we don't get water that same way but we have to have it mm. so there are certainly values that we will always have as woso that we as a coaching staff our team leaders have shifted in the way we deliver those messages great and you know thoughts on the season and what you're looking forward to most for next year you know oddly enough we've said this a lot as a team we were super sad for it to end you know, people from the outside looking at the numbers probably thought, oh, man, Bates, like they probably just want to pack this up. No, we were ready for the next game. And so that excitement is something that, you know, we really hope the team also continues to feel so that we can we can go, as they say, from worst to first in 2019. All right, Kelsey Ross, thanks so much. Aaron, thank you. The football team fell 31-14 to at Bowdoin on Saturday, but senior captain Kyle Flaherty ran for two touchdowns. The Maine native and Oak Hill High School grad is our male Bobcat of the Week. And he joined the Bobcast to talk about his career at Bates with Senior Day this Saturday at noon against Hamilton. First of all, Kyle, against Bowdoin on Saturday, running out of the Wildcat for you, a couple touchdowns on the day. Had you ever run out of the Wildcat before? What was this experience like? Um, it was it was really fun. Uh, I did it in high school, actually. My coach, we did a little Wildcat formation when we, um, it was like, bad, we were looking for bad weather in a game. Um, looking forward to that, so... Uh, but no, we did, we ran it like one time in high school, but that was, it was pretty fun. It was a quite an experience. Um, had a lot of, a lot of good blocking up front and made some things happen. So it was a really good time. I think one of the drives were like 13 plays and you ran 10, 10 of them, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how do you like, you know, maintain kind of like the physicality on each run? Cause you're getting hit every time. Right. Right. Yeah. We were going right up the middle every yeah. time. Um, <laughs> but I just, I mean, in the state of the game at the time, it was, I just felt that I needed to just sell out and really just do everything I could to help the team. And um, I think we had uh, the guys on, on the O-line were blocking extremely well. Um, get, I was finding holes, and it was just, um, I think, a good team effort right there So on that drive. So. You touched on high school earlier. You went to Oak Hill, which is uh, a few miles away, I guess, you know, sort of from Bates, right? Mm-hmm. Won a couple state titles there. How about Oak Hill with the run they're making in the playoffs right now? How are you following that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't. Um, express enough how like happy I am for for the team and for head coach Jason Doucette. He he's been a big part of my life and especially getting me here to Bates and um, I know he puts so much pride and he dedicates his life to to that team and um, I know that he's doing he, he's doing what he can with the guys he has and it's been a it's been quite a quite a story. They were a seven seed and now they're going to the conference championship so i'm really happy for them and yeah, they get yeah. their square off with wells right yeah yeah <laughs> wells yeah yeah wells um they dropped a class a couple years yeah. ago but they are they're a they're a powerhouse now in class d so so yeah we're it'll be quite a quite a feat but i think they're they're up for the challenge you touched on coach Doucette when you were looking at colleges what made bates the place for you and how did he help you kind of facilitate that yeah i'm 
Bates just took interest in, in me, and uh, they saw me in one of the state, my, my junior year state game, and um, Coach Kempton reached out to me. He left, and um, but Coach Doucette just, he, he's he's a big reason of why I came to Bates, really. He he um, he helped me with, obviously, football and just um, helped me kind of square up my academics as well and, and um, really made clear that Bates was the right choice for me. So when you first stepped on campus and the, and the adjustment to college football, what do you remember the most about the biggest adjustment? Um, definitely just, like, the time management piece mm. of everything yeah. with classes. Like, I never never – went through like the like how rigorous classes were here and um that, that was definitely an acclimation period for me but um after my first semester with football sort of it like regiments your schedule it kind of I actually seem to do better in my my football seasons with academically so I think um after that first semester it really things started going really smoothly for me now as a senior you're one of the captains on the team uh, what was your reaction you found out you've been you know chosen as one of the captains I mean, I was honored um, to have the, the guys on the team elect me as captain. I mean, I'm not a super vocal guy on the field, but I just try to I try to do what I can and um, play hard and, like, prepare in the off season. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's definitely an honor being a, a captain of a Bates football team. It's been a – it's been – it's it, I mean, not in the, in the win columns, it's definitely not the best season for us, but I've uh, – I can't explain enough how happy I am for the guys I've met and the team we have and – um, what we're really building here and definitely we're not going to see we're not seeing the the wins right now but I think I, I believe in coach Hall and the coaching staff and the players we have that we're going to get it done in the future so well speaking of that coach Hall this is his first year what's that transition been like to have a new head coach he's, he's got the personality that's for sure absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah I mean coach Hall brings the energy every yeah. single day I think I think that's the biggest difference from from previous years um it's been a it's been a change though. I mean, just like like preparation and and I think going forward in the off season, I think the whole whole preparation is gonna be gonna be different for the team. So, um, but I think that'll pay off in the long run. And I think Coach Hall's doing a great job so far. Thoughts on Senior Day coming up this Saturday? I'm really excited. Um, get to walk out with my parents, and um, I, I think that'll be a special moment for all the seniors and just the the school in general. Hopefully, get some get a lot of a lot of people there, and um, we got a we got a tall order with Hamilton, They're a good team, but I think we can get it done this weekend. Yeah, Hamilton's been kind of an interesting game the past few years because, you know, last three years you're coming off the high of the CVB title right. and then, oh, play Hamilton last game of the season. This year it's maybe more chance to get geared up for it perhaps, right? Right, right. yeah. I think I think in previous years there's there's this, like, there's been this so much emphasis on the CVB, and after that it's almost like Hamilton's kind of just a celebration of the end of the season, but this year it's like this could be our – this is our chance to win a game. So um, we, I think that's a whole new mentality this week. We really need to really lock in and just focus on the, the task at hand. So I guess in our thoughts on like when, when you, when you graduate this spring, uh, you know, in terms of what you hope to see from the program in the future as an alum. Brad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I think, I think coach hall, I think the team's in good hands with coach hall. Um, I, he's going to put every ounce of dedication in, into this team and he's, putting his life into it. I think he is going to do a great job. He's going to he's going to turn this program around. I truly believe that and I can't wait to come back and see see the the Bobcats in in uh, full fashion when I'm older, so. <laughs> All right, yeah. Kyle Flaherty, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Head coach Malik Hall looks back on the Bobcats game at Bowden and looks forward to the season finale.
Fifth quarter here on the Bates Bobcast with the head coach of the Bobcats, Malik Hall, recapping the Bates Bowden game from this past Saturday. Obviously, coach, it's it's tough, right? Starting a first year quarterback on the road under the lights against arguably your biggest rival. Uh, how do you think he handled it? Obviously, it was a tough situation for him. He is from Maine, probably some extra added pressure there as well. Yeah, I, I think you know um, JB getting his first start in a rival game makes it very. Um, it intensifies everything. Um, but for whatever it's worth, he went 7 for 15. We tried to keep um, keep him out of some coverage trouble. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's two turnovers. One was a sack fumble, um, which, you know, again, hats off to Bowden by putting a lot of pressure on first-time starter and a freshman first-time starter. Um, and then the second pick, I mean, excuse me, in the first pick being a tip pass on a check down. Like, those are just um, misfortunate plays. Uh, and I think that was the pendulum swing for the momentum in terms of where that game was at, where the game was being played in the fourth quarter, knowing that it was a 10-possession game. Um, that turnover kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit. Um, but all in all, you know, for, you know, for a first time starter and a freshman to go out and perform and give us a shot. Um, and I thought we had a shot. Um, uh, but, you know, right now we're not performing at the level to get past just having a chance. Um, and with a new quarterback, a new center, a new offensive card uh, that presents uh, quite a quite a bit of challenges outside of just competing against Bowden and our opponent. Um, just trying to make sure that we can one not turn the ball over, two get some positive yards based on basically a new offensive line and new quarterback, which is almost a new offense when you really break it down from that standpoint. But all in all, 7 for 15, first-time starter, um, rivalry game, it's tough. It's tough. I think, uh, you know, he did as well as I think, you know, he could do for the atmosphere and for what was given. Um, but all in all, I think, you know, hats off go to Bowden. and they did a great job applying pressure to him and not being able to convert on the turnovers that we had defensively. Uh, it certainly it certainly left Bowden in the in the game from a situation of them not being down two possessions versus us being down two possessions. If you look at the game from a turnover standpoint, their two turnovers turned into points, our two turnovers turned into punts. And if the possessions of turnovers is a factor, that game probably should have been last possession who has the ball last or who could get the stop last for a field goal or a touchdown. Um, but we're just we're just a few players away from being in that game and being in all of the games that we want to be in in the fourth quarter. But we're also uh, experienced away from it, uh, being that this is the first experience for our, our players and our coaching staff uh, trying to cohesively function together. Um, that that takes time. Chemistry and leadership is probably the most under-talked about uh, variable in successful teams. And for how we want to build our team, that will be 
uh, one of the cornerstones of our success, which is leadership and obviously um, the chemistry piece, just being able to think with each other with a tacit understanding, like we don't have time to really talk about it, but everything in your eyes and your body language tells me you get it, you understand it. Um, and that you can't, you can't coach. You just need time to develop it with each other. Adversity certainly develops it. And, um, we've had certainly enough of that this year. Um, and having a young team and them coming back with all of that experience, um, is our job as a coaching staff every week to try to turn those, um, unfortunate events into learning moments that we can correct the week of. But every week, every opponent is going to make you defend or stop them in a, their own unique way, which presents different challenges every week. Um, it may have some semblance of a play from a week before, but personnel and packaging makes all the difference. Well, I'm curious. You mentioned, you know, it's a young team, but you do have, you know, some seniors. We're honoring them Saturday for Senior Day. One of those seniors is Senior Captain Kyle Flaherty. Two rushing touchdowns for him. You, you ran him out of the Wildcat a little bit. So what developed in the week before in practice, and what have you seen for him to give you the confidence to give him the ball like that? You know, uh, two weeks ago he got hurt. Um, we wasn't able to really get him in the game a week before because of coming off of an injury. Um Flaherty has been our most consistent offensive production if you look at every game. Um, and going into this week, we were trying to figure out how can we control the game and who do we trust to control it. And if you can't trust your senior captains, probably not too many people you can trust. Uh, I thought he did a wonderful job coming off of an injury and not playing a lot the week before. Um, our thought was he's a captain, he's built for it, he's been in these games. Let's kind of get him the ball early. What we found out is um, that he's a downhill runner who's hard to tackle, so we did it later and often. Um, unfortunately, the game just kind of got away from us with the turnovers, um, but what a player, what a leader. Um, coming off an injury, having that performance, um, I thought was awesome for he and our seniors and our team. Yeah, so senior day, as I mentioned, this Saturday. What do you remember from your senior day as a player? What do you remember from past senior days as a coach? What what makes What's your favorite part of it, I guess? You know, taking removing my senior day <laughs> out of it. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about senior day uh, more than anything um is it is a one is an emotional day uh because the seniors who come who've come played for four years they almost can remember themselves enrolling in year one and in year one you're like wow this is gonna be a long four years and in year four you're like wow that was faster than what i thought and that is the catalyst for the emotion and bubbling within um, the challenge about Senior Day is to channel those emotions so they're, um, so they're not running wild and you're doing some uncharacteristic things on the football field. However, I, I think for every program, paying homage to your senior leaders and your senior group is really one of the best things a program can do more than anything is just not the senior players, it's the senior parents. 
and and particularly in our uh, instance, like the senior parents and our senior class having to go through so many losing seasons makes it even more difficult. Um, and that is not even short of what's going on this year because we haven't won. And um, so just to have the emotions of parents, players, and in some cases coaches who've recruited these guys, who've watched them mature over four years, it's an emotional day for a lot of people. Um, it's certainly every year is an emotional day for me, um, partly because, you know, I know how much it means to them. And every season is different. Some se some seasons, senior year uh, or senior day doesn't mean a lot if you're competing for a championship. The championship is the senior day. If you're going to the playoffs, this ain't our last game. This isn't our last game. So we got to win this one and get ready for the playoffs. So every senior day takes on its own uh, emotions. Uh, but certainly for us being where we are in our program, uh, the emotions that be based on them being able to play their last game on Garcelon Field in front of our fans, in front of their families, and in front of the guys that they're leaving a legacy and the seed in which they planted, leaving that seed for the younger guys to nurture and turn into a harvest. And hopefully they understand that that seed they planted, though it went through a lot of fertilizer and a lot of dirt, um, that it has not been lost, and it has not been lost on our coaching staff nor our returning players, and that at some point that seed that they planted the year 2018 of a new head coach in July and a new team in August, that that seed will some point turn into a force that they can be proud of and that they can tell their children about. Well, and you and the coaching staff, I know, hard at work building the next, getting the next generation of Bobcats in there. Uh, what's that like from a coaching perspective? Your assistants do a lot as well of trying to build for the future while also coaching this current team. It's a very delicate balance, yeah. I think. You know, with us having so many injuries to our senior class this year, it, it you know, in a perfect world, we would like to ride our seniors all the way out because they're the most experienced. They know enough. They know more about their teams. Uh, just for example, how to get to the stadium, right? Our seniors have been to every stadium, so understanding the nuances of this stadium or this complex, this parking lot, like that's experience. That experience double down; it doubles down on the field. But our injuries, just you know, the way the football season went, we had to play a lot of younger guys earlier than what we probably anticipated for that matter, what we would want to, um, you know, getting guys in, young guys in early comes with a lot of mistakes, which you also saw early on in the season. Um, and the older guys are less likely to make some of those mistakes because they've seen a lot and have played a lot of snaps. Um, but our concern this year was not necessarily building for the future, but trying to build for our senior class. Um, but, you know, injuries take take place, and it, it takes a different shape of your team. And unfortunately, uh, my heart goes out to all of the seniors who've gotten beat up over the year and not been able to really exhaust their playing career like we would have hoped and I'm sure as their families and themselves would hope. 
All right, well, Coach, we're looking forward to Senior Day, though, here at noon on Garcelon Field on Saturday, taking on Hamilton. Uh, just any other thoughts before we uh, sign off here in the fifth quarter? Yeah, I think um, this year is my hopes that um, the senior players and parents, um, again, just to reiterate that, the seed that they planted four years ago to come to Bates is still being nurtured, and we plan to nurture that seed all four quarters at Hamilton and to send them off with a victory and, and, and to let the younger guys know that these guys left this place better than what they came and that it's our job to make sure that we nurture that seed and grow what they left and grow it bigger and bigger and better. All right, Coach Hall, thanks so much. Thank you, man. And again, it's a great day to be a Bobcat. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll preview the school's winter sports that get started this month. Yes, it's almost time for basketball, swimming, and squash season. Plus, we'll recap how the cross-country teams do at NCAA Regionals, and we'll look back on the football season. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.